0: In the following live session recording, Ray Jones, president and founder of Radiance Ministries in San Antonio, Texas, talks about telling the story outside the walls. The presenter's passion for worship is tied directly to his passion to spread the gospel. Building an evangelistic music ministry that goes outside the walls of the church is not only exciting, it is a mandate. Let's join Ray now. Bringing the lost to Christ through worship ministry. The verse that turned me on to this was Psalm 40, verse 3. The Lord has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Why? So that many will see what He has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. You see, I think when people see us worship, it draws them to the reality of who God is. And when we do it, Many will see and trust in the Lord. So worship and outreach, let's talk first about outside of your building. Y'all remember the story in Acts 16? Paul, Paul and Silas went to the jailhouse, remember? And at midnight, Paul said to Silas, Hey, why don't we sing? You know, that'd be about the last thing on my mind after i have been beat up and put in shackles and put down in a, really in a hole in the ground. <laughs> with a bunch of criminals. I, 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 I'd love to tell you that that would have been my response. but uh, So they began to see and what happened was uh, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and the doors flew open and the chains off, fell off of every prisoner. That must have been some powerful singing right there. The jailer woke up to see the prisoners door wide open. He assumed the prisoners escaped so he drew his sword and uh, Paul shouted, "Hey, don't, don't, don't kill yourself! We're all still here." The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" Isn't that a beautiful story? So I'm going to tell you. In 1969, when God called me, you know, they put me down in front of the church, you know, and everybody shook hand and old Mr. Whitehead, who used to be the deacon that passed off a of plate in the back and pinched guys on the ears when they were talking during church. But old Whitehead came up to me at the end of the service. He said, boy, God called you to the ministry? I said, yes, sir. He said, meet me here next Sunday with your guitar. And I said, okay, we're going to the jail. That's what he said. That's before they had any rules about it, taking minors into the jail. So I'm 14 years old. I showed up with my 12-string Yamaha. You know, uh-huh that was never in tune, and the G string always broke. And, but I, I showed up and had my three little songs prepared, had them written out on a piece of paper. And I was just going to lay on the floor and I was just going to play my three songs, and I scared out of my mind. I'd never been to jail, you know. I was fourteen, you know, and so he brought me in there, and they brought thirteen inmates and set them down in there, and Whitehead got up and said, "Said, so, This boy right here, he surrendered his life to the ministry, and he's going to preach to you today. (laughs) And I thought, oh, dear Jesus. So I sang my three little songs with sweat just beating up on my brow. (laughs) I was scared. I mean, I was 14. And so I told him everything I knew about God in 11 minutes. I'm sure he had no organization to it. And at the end, I just remember how my pastor ended the services. And I said, if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me. And I prayed the sinner's prayer with me. And seven of the 13 men gave their life to Jesus. Wow. And you say, are you, are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But seven of them indicated that they prayed to receive Christ. But it was in that moment that God showed me something very significant about, about the ministry. And that is... It's not about what you know. It's not about your gift. It's about your availability. I showed up, God gave me an opportunity. I did the best I could do. And God, through His power and through His Holy Spirit, spoke to the hearts of the broken. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a a heart for prison ministry ever since that day. And of course, I've often read this story. In fact, I've got a message that I preach in the prisons. I call it, How to Break Out of This Joint. It's a very popular message. Inmates really love it. and uh, But we have done jail services, prison outreaches, and inmate Bible studies with our choir, with our music ministry. Jail ministry is, generally speaking, that's your local jail. And uh, the one that we're doing presently, I've done for the last uh, 15 years, for every first Saturday of the month, is I take people to the youth detention center. And I learned early that if you can catch them young, you you might prevent them from going back. Mm-hmm. And so I take teenagers in. I take uh, senior adults in. I, I've taken LU Praise from Liberty University. I've taken. I mean, I've taken famous artists in with me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to see my church this weekend. We're going to go to jail first. It just kind of kind of it's thing I do. Funny. It does. Yeah. So. Um, uh, and and what I found is that um, this is this is a ministry that may not be glamorous, but it is productive. Mm-hmm. It's like fishing in a stocked pond. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because you ain't have to tell folks in jail that they're sinners, they know. All right? but daddy used to say you can't get a man saved until you get him lost. Mm-hmm. People in jail know. And they're Downhearted. And at first they act real tough, like they're not going to listen to you. And then the Holy Spirit comes in as you start to worship. And guess what? It melts those old dead hearts. And uh, so I... Somewhere close to you, there's a jail. Somewhere close to you, there's a youth detention center. And the way to get in, and this is important, and it's important for everything I'm going to tell you, you've got to find the person that can get you in. And you gotta go and you gotta make sure. Come in. How are you? Good, I was in the wrong one twelve. But you're in the right one. There. I'm in the right one. Tell now. me your name. Kenny. Welcome, Kenny. Yeah, it's it's good good to yeah. So here's the key to getting into these jails. You gotta find the right person. If it's a chaplain or if it's a I I go to the assistant warden. Because they're the ones with the authority. The warden generally doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) And I befriend them and tell them what my intention is. And I require nothing of them other than, could you have a space and could you bring these people in at a certain time? And we'll make it the time you want it to be. And so, um, sometimes the first answer is no, which is not no. The first answer no is... I don't have time to deal with this. And so you keep coming back and you offer different things on the end of your stick. it's It's like anything else. You just keep prodding until you find the right thing. And that's true. What I'm telling you right there is how I do every one of these things. You find the right person. It's always the key, right? It's always the key. And you try your best never to disappoint that person by causing them trouble in their job. So prisons is where we start. Then we we go outside and do housing projects. In San Antonio, we got a ton of housing projects. And this is what we do. We do uh, block parties, kids clubs, Christmas parties, open hair baptisms, evening concerts with a movie. Those are the five things that I've done in a housing project. Generally speaking, in a government housing project that's, that's close to you, they've got a community <coughs> room. Okay? They've got a community room. So you can base it out of the community room, and then you can send people out to, to give invitations. What we do with a block party is we pull up, we're in Texas, okay, what we do in Texas is we grill meat, all right, lots of meat. And so we pull that grill up, I mean, I'm not talking about the ones you pull up behind your truck kind of grill. And we fire that sucker up, and we start cooking meat. And I want you to know it's like, it's like it's like an open air invitation. And then you you people you go to people's doors and knock on the door and say, hey, we cook some meat down here, love for you to come down, we have some music. And they smell that barbecue and yes, Lord. You if you cook it, they will come. And so uh, uh, when we when we do have block parties, we do three things. We have food, and we have plenty of it. We have activities that interest children, mm-hmm. and we have live music. And in our live music, every 30 minutes, someone gives a five-minute gospel presentation. Mm-hmm. At the end of the gospel presentation, during the gospel presentation, they shut down all the kids' activities. They shut down the food. Even if you don't just stand there in line, we're going to start serving here in five minutes. We give the invitation. If, and when people respond to the gospel, we have counselors. They, we bring them to the front of the stage. Counselors take them off. They counsel Start the music back up, food back up, activities back up, and here we go. Those bouncy rooms that you can rent. I mean, uh, face painting for the kids. We've got all sorts of fun games for those kids. And, uh, and, and, and you know what? If you love on somebody's kids, they're going to listen to you. They are. And so block parties. We've done block parties. Kids clubs, that's, that's another fun thing. We follow up these block parties with starting something. And that's maybe it's every Saturday we're gonna have a kids club, and we and we 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 do those like it's like a one-day Bible school kind of thing, right? And then uh, Christmas parties; those are always big. What we do is we gather gifts from the congregation, and uh, I mean five-dollar gifts, girl and boy. That's that's how we do it. And uh, sometimes it didn't work out really as good as you wanted it to, but because people get they they get their hearts go. Crazy, and we had a guy buy NBA leather basketball. Was that was his five-dollar gift? And uh, we never had a right when that kid opened yeah. that basketball because everybody wanted that, and he got whooped about two or three times for it. He wouldn't given a basketball. Five-dollar gifts wrapped. Everybody comes gets a gift. Everybody who comes gets a gift. And uh, we have a big birthday cake for Jesus, and we. Say happy birthday to Jesus, and we, we do kids' songs and fun game activities, and we give the gospel. Uh, open air baptisms. Uh, we do that in the summer. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's just, I, don't know, I know, I know, I am a musician, but I, I do, there's some things I've learned. We, we bought uh, horse troughs for water, and uh, we take them out there, we fill them up, we say, I and we don't talk about baptism until after we give given the gospel. And then we say, would, would you like to be baptized today? One of my favorite stories is uh, I was uh, preaching the gospel one time and it was, this area was pretty gang-infested and this kid comes to the back and he had on a hoodie, but he opened up his hoodie and there was a gun. He was showing me his gun, which is kind of a thing uh, in the hood. It's like, don't mess with me thing. And so he, he stopped right in front of me, like at the back of the crowd, like if there was an aisle right here. He, he, he stopped right there, and he just looked at me, you know, put his hands on his hips, and, I, and, I, and, it, and then he just did his, did his thing. And I, said, I said, man, listen to me. You don't scare me. But I'm going to tell you right now, you won't be in hell five seconds before you wish you'd listen to what I'm going to say. I do not know why I said that, That it's not my nature, but it's what happened. (laughs) He stayed, he got saved, took him to the tub, took off all of his gear, including his gun, baptized him, found out he was the leader of the gang in that project. And here they came, all of them. All of them came, following their leader. We baptized 16 members awesome. in one afternoon wow. messed me up man, <laughs> <laughs> man I never want to go back to the church building in my life <laughs> it was just amazing it turned the song turned my people on too uh, evening concerts this is where I've taken my choir down you know like at, at Christmas you know or uh, after at, during Easter when you you got all these special songs that you prepared my my gosh you know you gonna sing them once We'll sing them two or three times. and We'd go and do these open air concerts, invite everybody, pull up a grill, start grilling, everybody sits down, enjoys the music of the season, then you present the gospel. Or what we've done is we've showed the Jesus movie so many times. Isn't that awesome? And people come to Christ. It's just amazing. Military basis. So in San Antonio, uh, now we've had two to be shut down, but we at one point had five military bases in San Antonio. In fact, it's called Military City USA. We uh, had a very large army post and four air force bases. Uh, now we have two air force bases and one uh, army post, but it's, uh, it's where they do all the medical training for all of the armed services. So it's, it's a huge base. Lackland is where they do all of the basic trainees for the for the Air Force. So if you do a boot camp in the Air Force, you go, you go to Lackland. And, uh, but what we did um, is uh, we went to the chaplains of these bases, and this is what we said. Hey, you know, we, we're here in this community together. I know that there's a big thing going on in the military communities that we need to be more involved in the community. And so, it's being pushed from the military. So we go and we, we play their card. And we say, we are here to serve you. And if there's anything we can ever do to help you. And, um, and, the, and the guys will hem and haw and I say, and, and really, no, we're, we're not asking you to pay us to do something, we're just saying, we want to come and help you. And, um, and I started out by saying, would it be acceptable if we came and brought our Christmas music out here. And at Lackland, they, they do four services 3,500 basic trainees go to, to, to the Protestant chapel. 3,500. That's more people than most, church, most churches. And so he said, well, you Would you do that? I said, In a heartbeat. I said, We'll do it one week in our church. And we'll come out here and do it all four He said, All four I said, yeah, Absolutely. And so we go out there. We'd sit, do a major setup. It was a concert format. And we do that and preach the gospel. We'd have three or 400 people saved every time we'd go because these are a lot of young women. And they're really brokenhearted, you know, because boot camp, it's, it's tough. <laughs> and so um, we we started out by doing Christmas. And then then they started letting us do... Now, my wife is a former Air Force pilot, so that also was a big thing because I let her share a testimony because everybody in that room wants to be an Air Force pilot and pretty much none of those guys are going to be Air Force pilots unless they going to officer training, and, uh, but but they all admire the people that fly those jets. And so she'd share her testimony, and we just had the greatest time. Well, about four years ago, I got a phone call on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. They said this, uh, Chaplain Norris, he said, um, I'm the joint pay- base chaplain for seven bases, and the uh, government just shut down all of our money this year. We we have no money to pay musicians, period. This entire year, it's gone. And somebody told me that you guys said you wanted to help us, and I never met this gentleman. I said, I said, "Well, tell me what's going on." So well, we're playing some videos, and and that's that's our worship. I said uh, we can't do it tomorrow, but next Sunday. We'll have a team there. And he said, well, that'd be great. Can you do it, like, once a month? I said, no, no. We'll have a team there every week. Mm-hmm. So I went to the elder of our church, and I, I said, we have this magnificent opportunity to impact 3,500 young men and women every week. And uh, and they said, how much is it going to cost? I said, probably $90,000. And they passed it like that, $90,000. And we have been going since that Sunday, every Sunday. Now, they got their money back. But we're still volunteering. And we're letting that chapel keep their money to use for other purposes. So they absolutely adore us every week. There are military bases somewhere near you. Find out what they need. Find out what they need. We did Easter, we did patriotic music concert. We've been to those military bases multiple times. And uh, boy, what a way to, you know, we talk about honoring our veterans. Well, go serve them. Hospitals. We, uh, you can't take full choirs in most places to hospitals, but you can do things at hospitals. It depends on the hospital. Uh, mental hospitals, you, they, you generally can do. Do groups. They're, they're good about that. But um, what we do is we split people up into small groups. Get one guy that can play guitar and we give them song sheets and they go to the hospital. Of course, we prearrange it and they'll go up and down the halls and sing Christmas carols. And uh, uh, also kids' choirs concerts at kids' At kids' facilities, we've done that as well. And nursing homes, they love, love, love it when you bring kids in to, to sing. They just absolutely love it. In fact, our school of fine arts, we started having our recitals at nursing homes. Isn't that a great idea? Yeah. And those people dress up, come to that recital, and don't care if that baby plays good or bad, they just love, love, love it. And those kids come by and shake their hands and they give them a bag of cookies. It's like, Man, you talk about favor. And what a blessing, right? What a blessing. Um, two Christmases ago, three, let me see, it'll be three this year. So my wife, uh, she was captain in the Air Force, and so we pretty much do what she says. Um, <laughs> could' we're kind of scared of her a little bit. She's also got an expert marksman certificate from the air force so shot a 3-inch pattern from 50 feet yeah with a handgun yeah so I, I really don't mess with her honestly I love her a lot if I get if she gets mad at me I'm at least 60 yards away <laughs> and I'm moving <laughs> yeah, I'm she's she's a dog you would love her but um, so after Christmas on Christmas morning I'm pretty much done with Christmas. Are y'all feeling me? I mean, we've done, I mean, we're just, I'm wasted. You know, and we had these big Christmas Eve services, like we did three in a row. So like Christmas Day, I'm just like, almost non-communicative, it's just (laughs) crazy. So, so we opened our gifts and had a really nice lunch together. And my wife goes, all right, let's get the guitars. We're gonna go sing at the nursing home. what? She said, yeah, we're going to go to the nursing home and then across the street was the hospital. We're going to go to the children's warden hospital and we're going to sing Christmas carols. I go, uh, I'm not in. She said, we're all going. Just just go get dressed. Here we go. So I I would love to tell you, I, with great joy, <laughs> but I just did what I was told, right? And, and my boys were there, and so, it, I mean, we were together, and so um, got the nursing home. They said, "Why don't you come back at at dinner?" Okay, because everybody'd be in there. And so I said, "We said okay." So, so Andrew says, starts walking across the street us. I said, "Well, did you, did you call?" I "Said no, no, we just gonna walk up there." I the went So we knew what the children's ward was. We went up the third floor, and it's all children. We started at the ICU. We just we we went in the ICU and just started singing. And uh, people would come out and it's just it was sweet and we sit and we'd, ask, and we'd ask them after she sing two, or three songs, Any- anything we pray for you about? And we'd pray for them We went, went to the last room and uh, singing down there and two parents came out. They were just weeping. He said, Is Any- there anything we can pray for you about? He said, Our little boy's dying. It's Christmas. He's dying nothing we can do. And I said, well, there is one thing we can do. so we can pray for it. Would you let us pray for it? So we went in and laid our hands on us and prayed for it. So by then, my heart the calluses had fallen off and I was, I'm sorry I'm being so transparent here, but I think you're feeling me. You understand. Mm -hmm. And we got home and it was just a great day. I mean, this felt so good about it well three months later it was a Saturday night service and uh, uh, I lost the contact information for these kids I sent another pastor in to check on them one day the next week but I had lost their contact so I I pretty much lost contact with them but I found that the boy didn't die it's three months later and after Saturday night service and this family comes walking down and they walk down like they knew me and I was like, duh. And they say, You remember us? And I said, Well, remind me. And they go, Well, remember, you prayed for our little boy who's standing right here uh, on Christmas Day. And he's well. We came tonight and we gave our hearts to Jesus. Oh, that's good. Cool. That was the most important Christmas program I did. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We cannot forget how important it is just to touch the water. Mm-hmm. And all we did was sing, Joy to the World, Silent Night, and Away in a Major. <laughs> With a guitar. and three-part harmony because it's my family. <laughs> and that's what we do you get what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be this production. It's just get out amongst them. Didn't cost us anything, but the gas it took to drive. And the time. Oh yeah, the time. Okay. I'll try not to tell any more tearjerkers <laughs> for both of you and I. Public venues. National Days of Prayer. Do you know that you can go to the city hall steps, set up sound gear with permission? They have a, There is a, a form that you fill out that allows you the privilege, because it is public property, to go to any city-owned or government-owned building and protest under the guise of the Constitution. It's our right. So, on National Day of Prayer, we, every year, go to the city hall steps and we would set up a full sound system. We'd do 30-minute concert from 11.30 to 12. I didn't take the whole orchestra, I took, about, I took a horn line, full rhythm section, and as many singers as I could get. And I told them to wear what they wore to work, unless they worked at Hooters. But, uh, <laughs> None of them were cadavers. Sorry, uh, but you know, just military, doctors, you know, lawyers in three-piece suits. I mean, the whole thing. It was, it, it, which I thought was a great picture for the city, that you know, everybody uh, cross-culturally, uh, across all socioeconomic lines, and we sing city hall steps. Did that for about 12 years. Great witness, and we had many people just walk by and go, what are you doing? And conversations would erupt and people came to Christ. fact is, I got sued twice for this. I was named in lawsuits two times for this by the, uh, by the San Antonio Atheist Community. They had an organization. and They filed a lawsuit against us and because it was discriminatory. They, they were, But we invited them, and they showed up every year to protest. They had their signs and all that stuff. Last year that they showed up, they one of them during the music was doing their sign to the, the rhythm <laughs> of the music, <laughs> and I told one of my guys, I said, "Hey, when we get done, go down there and just saddle up that boy." I said something's happening over there. One that boy to Jesus, and it made that organization so very mad that they that we converted to somebody, but but it was the funny part about that is, so Mr. Green called me. He's head of his organization. He says. He said, uh, "We are going to file a lawsuit against you again this year—one for, for proselytizing our organization, another for for uh, illegal gathering in the city." I said, "Okay." He said, "However, if you'll sign a petition for the city to ordain a day for atheists, like you have a day for Christians, uh, we will uh, cease and desist. We're not going to file a lawsuit." I said, "I tell you what—I'll sign it." if you'll make the National Atheist Day April the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> that did not go well. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, and so they filed a lawsuit and it got thrown out again. Shopping malls are a great place. And y'all, y'all seen these flash mob stuff? Oh. Oh. But we, we've done it where a, a, a lot of malls will have a, a Christmas venue where they have Christmas music going all the time. Uh, they'll tell you not to preach the gospel, so you just sing it. <laughs> and airports, I was I was going to an airport and it uh, wasn't in my city, but it was another city, and I heard this gosh awful noise, and I went down there, and it was a junior high school band trying to play Christmas carols. And it was really bad. And uh, But I thought to my, but, but people were stopping and listening. And I thought, my gosh, what would happen if it was, like, good music? And uh, so we started taking groups, small groups, down to sing Christmas carols at the airport at peak times, you know. And, uh, of course, you have to have permission, and they they, 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 they often already have a spot uh, created. Uh, Spurs games, I'm, I'm a Spurs fan. It's the only team we have in town, so it's sort of like you Georgia fans. Y'all, y'all got, you know, you got the Hawks, and you got... I mean, you got all sorts of professional teams, but in San Antonio, we got one. But we um, started out by auditioning to sing the national anthem with our children's choir, and they they got past the audition phase, and we got invited. And they were so stinking popular that they invited us back same season. And then they said, "And you can sing one of your other songs too." And so that we started singing, we they, we sang a song about Jesus and the national anthem. And then they came back to us and said, we had an idea, why don't we do a faith and family night, would y'all provide the entertainment? We said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did the halftime show with our children and then we did, after the game, one of, two of the athletes gave the testimonies and we, one of our worship bands, uh, played music. and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just win favor. You, when you find the right person, you just go through that door, and you just keep knocking on the door as it, it progresses. The last one I got to be a, uh, the last one I was at, I got to be uh, an honorary captain for the game and got to shake the hands of Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, who are now both retired, but that was a pretty big deal to me. And you know the thing is, people see you, and they—it's like this billboard for your church, you know—and it's—it's an amazing thing, and you're just being Jesus out in the world. All right, let's talk about worship events in your building. I—I I know that. Um, Oh, here's some more events I, I forgot to even talk about. It. Uh, public amphitheaters. We rented the amphitheater. Have you ever been to San Antonio in the Riverwalk? If you ever took the boat tour? There's this stage on the right and amphitheater on the left. We rented that every year for an entire day. And I ran groups up there all day long. Every 30 minutes, a different group, present the gospel in between. And... Uh, We had so many people come to Christ. Theme parks, we rented Fiesta Texas for Easter. Six Flags. And we did our Easter services out there in the morning before the park opened. And then our people bought bought tickets and they spent the afternoon, if they wanted to, at Six Flags with their family at a discounted rate. That cost us a lot of money. Parades. Parades. in San Antonio, in the river, we have parades down on the river. And you can rent a barge, one of those boats, uh, in, in any one of those parades. And we would rent those, put a band on there, and we'd play and sing about Jesus through the entirety of the parade. <laughs> Amazing. Jazz festivals, secular music events, Texas Life Folk Festival. We entered our groups at the gospel tent at the jazz festival. We were tragically Anglo for that group, but but they loved us. Uh, secular music events in the city, uh, we opened for groups. This is this is kind of funny, but we opened for groups. Uh, TMEA, <coughs> uh, which is Texas Music Educators Association, we were the first contemporary Christian choir to ever sing at TMEA. And that was a cool thing. Uh, it's because we had music published, so that that legitimized us in the industry. And uh, so all these educators were there, and we we I brought them in. We sang, and uh, we uh, we led two high school choir choral teachers who were also choir directors at the Methodist churches. We led two ladies to Christ at that TMEA. And it was pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Texas Folk Life Festival, it's a big, big <coughs> festival in the city and we they have they have live music venues and we auditioned and put groups in there. And uh, I mean you can't deny that we're part of the, the folk life of, of our city and our region. So we just present our music about Jesus. And uh, my favorite one was the one that they used to have in August. Now they have it late fall. August in San Antonio. You ever been to August in San Antonio? Don't come. It's brutal. It's 103 degrees and 65% humidity. And uh, it's crazy. But we we did a live venue on a Saturday afternoon 103 degrees. It's nuts. Yeah, some of the people never forgave me for that. Mm-hmm. In your building. In your building. Do y'all still have evangelistic events in your church? You remember we used to have revivals. We used to have two-week revivals. You remember that? You used to have camp meetings, outdoor tent revivals. You remember all that? We don't do that anymore. And maybe that day is over and I'm fine with that. But... Uh, we started having a one day evangelistic event in the fall called the event because we didn't know what else to call it Mm -hmm. and uh we'd have a personality like david robinson came and spoke one time and um johnny erickson tata came one time and um i mean we had several several guests and uh it was it was an amazing amazing deal uh because we had a personality, and we filled up the room, and that was expensive. And most of us, most of our churches, can't afford something like that. But if you can, you should use it. By the way, I read an article on a Southwest Airlines flight one day. My wife flies for Southwest. That's it? a shameless plug. Anyway, uh, but I was on this, and uh, and I got I get free Wi-Fi. I got connections. And so I but mean, I was reading this thing and I can never I can't find it now, which is driving me crazy because it was it's on your history, right? But somehow either is gone. But this is what the article said. The average evangelical church in America spends less than four percent of their annual budget on outreach. I mean, I nearly got up and took the mic in the airplane. I, I mean I got upset. So I, I don't know what yours is. Some of y'all call it missions budget, but and that is outreach. I'm for missions. But I am not for us hiding the fact that we need to win our neighborhoods to Christ. Right. Yeah. Right. Have friend day, that's an old one but it's a still an effective tool. Especially for new believers. And You say, hey listen, what we're going to do is we should ask everybody in the room, invite one friend. You bring that friend with you and they may be saved, they may be lost, you may not even know, you may not even know how to ask them. Just bring them to church. Buy their lunch that day. Have, make it, make it a, a, a friend day. Genuinely. And uh, it still works. It still works. Special guests. These are some of the guests that we've had through the years. Um, Even had uh, uh, has-been politicians that aren't running. (laughs) Kids choir. Kids choir are like uh, inviting the paparazzi. Okay? Right? Mm -hmm. So Regular worship services. They lead. They lead worship for children's church. They make special recordings and videos for kids. They do outside venues, nursing homes, malls, theme parks. I use those kids as a, as a draw, because who's going to tell their grandson, Papa, I'm I'm, I'm I'm singing at church Sunday. Would you come? And who's going to? <coughs> Grandpa's going to say, I'm, I'm going to go to the church. No, that's your grandson. They'll come watch him do anything. And uh, this one couple that we had, it was a single mom and her daughter. Daughter's are really a really gifted singer. And uh, she would invite them, her grandparents, every time. Both grandparents, non believers, never went to church, did not take her mother to church. Her mother came to Christ, brought her daughter to Christ. But every time that she invited them, they would come. And every time the lady would come get me so that I could go out and thank him for being there. And uh, it got to be where it was sort of almost a joke, the here, here he comes again kind of thing. But every time i just go out there, I didn't say you need to give your heart to Jesus today, i just say I'm so glad and we are so proud of your granddaughter. That's all we'd say. Four years. They were probably there eight to 12 times in four years. One Sunday, it clicked. All because of their, that child. So use your children. And boy, what a, what a testimony that was that she invited her grandparents. God used me to bring my grandparents to Christ. I'm hurrying because I'm running out of time. Student choirs, but same thing, regular services, dance and drama. You know, um, we stopped doing these major productions and we started doing things that we could travel with in our church. You can do a little drama vignette with limited props that tells a story that's humorous or, or, or biting, you know. Um, we did, uh, uh, oh we did interpretive dance and then I started a hip hop dance team and I introduced them on Easter Sunday morning when we rented the Alamo. I said, "Go bigger, go home." You know, I just I figured they're gonna fire me. I'm gonna go out with a blaze. So, and uh, it was one of the most incredible services we ever had in the history of our church. Our kids doing it, this hip hop dance routine to to a really cool hip worship tune, and the expression of these kids. Even to the oldest adult, brought such joy, and, and uh, but I used these kids in street ministries, in those block parties, in those in those jail services, and it really, really effectively drew these people in. Uh, recordings, outside venues, youth detention, other churches, malls, housing projects, etc. Um, I'm going to do something. I, I want to show you one of the things that we did. <coughs> It was one of the most powerful tools we ever used. Can y'all just be really patient with me? And turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins. I'm going to do this so you can hear it to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins in the place among those who are sanctified by faith in me of Satan controlling people. She is pushed down the floor. Is now dancing ballet for the national, uh, national ballet. a soundtrack. There's nobody speaking. Mm -hmm. We did that in jails, on the streets, and it communicated to every audience without saying a word. Mm -hmm. And we used the creativity and the talent of those kids to do something that they could not have done on their own. So, sorry that I broke from that, but I wanted you to see something that, um all right. So, I'm, I'm going to go fast forward here and talk about just a couple of more things, and then we're going to. Uh, click the X in the top left of your screen, the, the round X, and then go to your slot you want to do. Uh, there you go. All right. You really need to come work for me. <laughs> So, we don't often think of baptisms as being an outreach event, but we turned our baptisms into an outreach event because um, we decided to have baptism nights. We didn't have Sunday night church, but what we would do is we invited the families of those people, and we had a party. It's Texas. We pulled up some barbecue pits, and we started grilling some meat, and we... Had uh, wonderful live music going, and when it came time for baptism, we had this big pool that we bought. That we, it was a portable, but it was big, and we put it on this, this slab, that we poured. And when it came time for baptism, we announced it, and they would all line up, and we baptized two or three at a time, and they would go get this close to their family member, stand on the edge of the pool. And it was a party and everybody and so at the end of the end of the night we say if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to jesus you'd like you to come to jesus right now and then when people would respond to the gospel we say and you too can be baptized tonight mm-hmm. and we'd have shirts and shorts over here they go get changed, and we baptize even more sometimes three four hundred people in one night and uh, we made it an event Special services apart from the regular worship. Children's baptism services, we had uh, separate things for that. Uh, the summer outdoor baptism celebrations, we would wait until after camps and all of these kids that got saved at camp, we'd, we'd do that. We made it an event, communion. We make communion uh, a, a moment for the gospel because, you know, we, we encourage people, only people to, that are believers, to participate in communion. Or, he, or the Lord's Supper, you know, we we'll can talk about that later. But uh, however you call it, but what we do is we would present the gospel before baptism. I mean, before communion. Why? Because we want everybody here to be able to receive communion today. And today, maybe your first act of, of obedience after you give your life to Christ is to participate in communion. I cannot tell you how many people came to Christ as a result of us presenting it today. Especially people if you if you have a large Catholic population in your in your area, of communion it means so is such a deep part of their worship experience, even if they're non-believing. Uh, that so they have this deep respect for the communion. And so it 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 was it became it became a and this this cost you nothing. What do you do? You stop before communion and present the gospel and say if you receive Christ today you can receive communion with us. Funerals. We share the gospel every funeral, and we tell people before they ask us. If they ask us, say, "Well, we just want to. We don't do this hard sell. We just want to present the gospel." And um, and we've had hundreds of people come to Christ. Weddings. I did a wedding at... Uh, Two weeks ago, and uh, I told the couple, I said, Hey, listen, before we do the vows, I'm just going to say to the crowd the, 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 the best gift that you can give to this couple who are believing people on their wedding day is for you to give your life to Christ. And I shared the gospel and prayed to It's a group of people. And a lot of them don't ever go to church except for weddings and funerals. Christmas is an incredible way. More non-believers will attend, uh, will be attending during this season to hear Christmas music than at any other time. Because people love Christmas music. I mean, here's my point. When you go to the mall, you'll be walking down the middle of the mall and you can hear, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. I mean, old little town of Bethlehem. You hear, I mean, along with Santa Claus songs too, but all of that music. People love Christmas music. And so, make your presentation evangelistic. uh, Another worship event, Easter... We rented Six Flags Over Texas four years in a row and uh, used their venue because we didn't have space. And uh, we rented the Alamo two years in a row because we didn't have space in our room. When we finally got a large room, uh, we started having multiple services at Easter. And we start on Saturday, th- Thursday night. We have a Thursday night. We have Friday night. We have two Saturdays and four Sundays. Same presentation. Always had an appeal to it. Video testimonies, dynamic stories of God moving in their lives, great music, and a gospel presentation. Every time. All right. Now you ask me questions. Tell me what you're doing that I didn't tell you about because I may want to do it. Tell me and ask me questions about what some of these things about. I zoomed through all of these. If your pastor comes from the philosophy that the word is primary mm-hmm. and music is secondary so that it is minimized, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do to get buy-in for all of this? For the in-church things? Or out-church. Well, for the out-church things, I always invited him to come preach the gospel. And you just tell him we're having an evangelistic event, we'd love for you to come preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And most times he wouldn't do it all because a lot of times it was on Saturday and he had, you know, multiple services on the weekend. Uh, but the buy-in came as a result of seeing what it did how it affected the people. Because our people then became their worldview was we need to reach our community for Christ. And so I didn't go to all these events. There's no way. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly supported it. <clears throat> and what turned my pastor on was that we were coming back and he said 300 people saved. You know? And so uh, that's how I got by him. That's how I got by him by having results, which isn't that how we always get buying. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I never excluded him. Mm-hmm. I offered him the opportunity. To come and give the gospel, mm-hmm. and so and sometimes he did, and he always loved it. So that's outside, inside. What we did. inside? Well, when it's an event like Easter, we would give. We would we would do the amount of time he would give us. Mm-hmm. But when he saw the effect of these, like this dramatic thing, and we had a lot of times we used uh, video testimonies that were really powerful testimonies. Mm-hmm. And when he saw the effect of those things together. And, and, and he, he had to be convinced that, that the idea here was all we really want to do at Easter is hit the Easter crowd with the Gospel. Because if they're coming once a year, chances are they're not believers. They're attenders. And so it, we, 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 once he got the idea that this is going to be an evangelistic event, then he was okay with giving a 20-minute gospel presentation mm-hmm. now when my new pastor came he wanted 40 minutes so we broke it down we did an hour and 15 minutes and we did 30 minutes of music drama blah 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 and he preached 40 minutes with five minutes of invitation. Mm-hmm. and uh we, you know because he's the pastor we did what he what he wanted so, so but that's how i got by him. Yeah. results Kind of speak loud. And when you see your people getting excited about evangelism as a pastor, mm-hmm. that's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of y'all have ideas or things that you've done that you want to throw in here? I tried to have a parade of choirs uh, one not too long ago with some of the smaller churches. The bigger churches, they do things together. Right. And, you know, the smaller churches, I think, are a lot of times are intimidated cool, like and right. left out. And it, it didn't work that time, because I was working with about four other churches. We were gonna start small and just let the, each choir have maybe 15 minutes to do one or two songs, whatever their favorite songs were. And it would be, you know, for the community sure we would publicize it and, and it would draw in everybody around that's a great would, idea didn't work out but we might try to do it again it, did, did you have the event no it didn't, did, didn't it have. It. so you know uh i would encourage that's a great idea and people will come support their their you might get 10 people from a church but by the time it's over with you are going to fill up the room because you're going to have choirs <clears throat> that's going to be a pretty good crowd just singing for each other if they bring their families. I love that idea. Yeah, we did that kind of a, a, on a fifth Sunday sing. So we bring them all together. And it seems like so many churches aren't meeting on Sunday nights I do. anymore. So. Um, we also did a, a joint revival, and so we're able to combine that the orchestra and the choir. So, I love it. It's worked pretty well. But you've, you've covered the gamut there, I tell you. <laughs> That that's 26 years, okay? So that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't, that didn't just happen in one day. That doesn't right. happen every year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, uh, no. that prison ministry has been every first Saturday for 15... We've had over 10,000 converts just going to the youth detention center. That's a, can I tell you a funny story? So this is one girl. And, and I, I got inside scoop because I knew all the... All all the prison guards, I knew all of them, you know, because and several of them we'd led to Christ. It was really cool. And uh, so this one girl came up to me at the end, and we presented the gospel. She stood up, got a New Testament, gave her life to Christ, unashamed. And she walked over to me. and She said, "I'm coming to your church as soon as I get out of here." (laughs) And then she just kind of pressed off. And the prison guard said, said. She's in here for prostitution. I said, okay. I said, well Jesus handled prostitutes often. He he knew what to do with that. I said, and uh, several months later I didn't think about that, you know. I was a tap on the green room door, I've been with the pastor in between services. One of our fine older women was standing there with this girl dressed like a hookah. Oh, wow. And she goes, Pastor Ray, uh, this young lady says uh, she knows you and she came to see you. (laughs) I said, All right. So I walked out there and I said, How are you doing? She goes, Do you remember me? Boy, this lady was just freaking out. And I go, You're going to have to remind me. She said, We met at jail. So the story of this girl's this old woman's mind, I, yeah. I'm telling you, is just getting bigger by the second. Oh yeah. And I said to her, I said, Go find Marlene Salcher and bring her to me. And I'm gonna let Jennifer sit with her today. And so she goes off and gets Marlene Salcher and brings her back. I see Marlene, I met this young lady, and she's given her life to Christ, and this is her very first day at church. You know the thing was, she dressed in the best thing she had. Mm-hmm. That's right. And nobody ever told her how to dress to church. She just thought she was looking good. I'll go to church looking good. Marlene took her under her wing. And the next few weeks, I come in, and she's dressed better, <laughs> and she's you know she's starting to to mature in her faith. And I went to that old lady that brought her to me. And I, I told her the story, and she said. Well, I, I was hoping it was something like that. <laughs> <coughs> Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Right. Amen. Right. Aren't you glad He befriended you? Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. We have the best gospel. The only one that can change a person's life. Yeah. And God has put in your hand a tool that is unlike any other tool two on the planet. I just challenge you to do one thing this year. To get your people outside the walls of the church and make them know there's a world that needs to hear from them. Mm-hmm. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank You for the joy of being together today. Thank You for the joy of serving You. Thank You for the wonderful gift of music that we get to use on a weekly basis. Now Lord, challenge our hearts to take this gift somewhere outside the walls of our church so that Jesus may be proclaimed in power and authority. Amen. In His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey listen, if you ever wanted to write me and ask me questions about something, here's my email. It is radiance1954 R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E, at gmail.com And if you want to see what I'm doing, you can go to my website. It's radianceworship.org. Radianceworship.org. If I can ever do anything to help you in your ministry, you write me, email me. Uh, I'll come and work with you. I'll come help you do an event if you want me to, uh, because I, I believe that strongly in this in this this deal. I took my wife with me to North Carolina one time to do an outside event, and she asked me for the keys to the van that we rented, and I gave her the keys to the van, and she came back from Walmart with a van full of tennis shoes, because all those kids didn't have shoes. That was a costly event for me. (laughs) how do you tell your wife we're not gonna give shoes to people that don't have them, It changes, it it just changes people's lives. That's all I'm saying to you. So I double dog dare you to try it. I love you. Thank you so much for coming.